Hello and welcome to the Yak and Fries Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And we're going to be talking about some movie-related news, as per usual, and we're going to be doing some reviews. What are you reviewing, Ian? This week I'll be reviewing a little indie movie called Risk Cutters, A Love Story. I have not heard of this movie. It's, I'd heard about it bits and pieces for quite some time now, and I finally got a copy and wanted to watch it. So, at the other, it's a nice independent little movie, and at the other end of the scale I watched Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. I've heard about this. I want to watch it. Yeah, the latest from uh, DC's animated arm. They're throwing out these little movies on DVD. Actually, I really like the uh, the DC animated movies that have been coming out. I think as far as the animation is concerned, DC is kicking Marvel's ass. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything from Marvel in a while. The DC ones are tempo releases. You mm-hmm. get them straight as, as they come out. No, the I mean, one I, was great. Did, you, did we review First Flight? Um, no, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen the Green Lantern one yet, although I heard everything I heard about it at the con and from you was that it was really, really good. It's really good. I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I really, really enjoyed New Frontier. I thought they did yeah. a great job Smash of... Uh, Smashing job. Great job, job of adapting uh, Darwin Cook stuff. I'll be um, backtracking a little bit a few years because uh, we, we slam remakes a lot. And granted, a lot of these remakes deserve to get their asses kicked. Fox! It's <laughs> 20th century bullshit! Uh, but I'll be reviewing a remake that I actually approve of, a remake that I think was actually, uh, I wouldn't say it was an improvement over the original, but I think that it did the original justice and made it made it its own movie. And this is the uh, remake of um, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13. Cool. The one that starred Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne. Actually had a great cast. I'll get to that. Um, a little in, bit later. A little bit later in the review. Before we crack into the news, let's announce our email address, because no one's emailing us. It's uh, podcast at mcyappenfries.com that's podcast at mcyappenfries.com drop us a line once again I say no matter what you feel about us if you love us like us hate us you want to give a shit just pop us an email something you want us to check out we will respond we will respond um Shit you want us to check out, recipes, you name it, we'll Podcast do it. Podcast Yeah. <laughs> on that note, we should probably uh, introduce um, our guest. We have uh, someone sitting in on this session. Say hello to Mr. David Knight. How you guys doing? David Knight, musician extraordinaire, here in KL until November, playing a few gigs. If any of you Malaysian listeners want to know, he's playing a gig next week at Laundry. That will be the 8th of October. Yep. Free publicity, man. Yeah, I would describe his stuff as a cross between Dave Matthews meets Coldplay meets Pink Floyd meets Radiohead. <laughs> meets the guy from Once. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Name, I blanked his name. I know that Glenn guy. Hansard. Glenn Hansard. Glenn Hansard. Hansard. Something like I've that. I've seen him live like 62 times. They hooked up, right, in that movie? Like, uh, like off... Off the set, those two? No, the two of them actually met up beforehand. They made an album. They, no, they knew each other before that. They made an album beforehand. But they actually album. became a couple during the making of Once. And I'm I think not they, sure they, they recently did. split. No, they did. They actually did. They actually did. Oh. That, that's, that's, that's for sure. But I think they split up. We'll have to do a remake, a rewatch of that uh, once. Haven't they seen Speed? You know, don't they know that relationships that start oh, under intense, intense situations, situations don't work out? Oh, fucking relationships start in tense situations. Before you get involved in any relationship, you need to watch a bunch of Sandra Bullock movies and just ask yourself if you're ready for that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no one is ready for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> well, Ryan Reynolds got his first $100 million hit because of Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, hey, he is the De Niro of our generation. Of his generation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, what the proposal, everything I saw about that movie made me physically sick. No, I saw the proposal on the plane and. You um, watched it? I watched it on the plane. On the plane, dude. It was oh. thousands of miles up in the air, you know? It doesn't it's matter. Like, Fuck. Look, Jesus. it was, you know... Just get drunk was, instead. Oh, no. I can't drink on planes, dude. I can't drink on planes. It doesn't, you know, I get all dehydrated and I get all moody. More than usual? Yeah. Anyway, on to the news. We talked about this a little bit before, but there's a more detailed description of it now, and I just feel the need to share this with all of you. This is about the, um, the, uh, the, mo- <laughs> the Batman armor motorcycle suit. Yeah. 
And uh, when we f when pictures of this thing first came out, nobody was actually wearing it, so it actually looked like a prop from the movie. And it looked fucking awesome. And it looked fucking awesome. It was beautifully lit. Uh, yes, but um, on superherohype.com, I guess you can go other places and get it. Uh, go to Warner, go to the Warner Brothers site. I'm sure they've got something on it. But um, they've got pictures of people actually wearing the shit now, and these people look like dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, it's like it's like a proper Batman outfit, but without the cape and cowl, and without the actor who's been in training for six months. In yeah, it. yeah. You know, without the Christian Bale intensity going. I mean, the first picture of this guy looks like a dick. Just want to kick his ass. And like what you were saying about the gloves. The gloves of these things actually look like the Batman gloves. The, uh, the the gauntlets. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the actual spikes coming out the side, which is, it's a health and safety nightmare just waiting to happen. No, but if you saw someone, if I saw someone on a bike wearing a Batman outfit. You're trying to nudge with the, the ribs with your wing you know, mirror. It's like, I would, I would want to kick this guy's ass. <laughs> I'd want to knock him off his fucking bike. <laughs> but uh, just a little. Show us the pics. The little, uh, here are the pics. Right here. Look at this guy. David, what do you think? He looks like a prick. Oh man, that's bad. It's like some Berlin clubber. Or something. And there's no, there's no like fitting around the around the ass <laughs> section. It's like it looks like he's got a flabby ass. Oh it's no. Like, you know what's this other awful. guy? Yeah, look at this, look at this bald oh, Asian guy. They got Jesus like, Christ. You know, he looks, he looks Mexican. And these guys, this thing, these guys are probably thin. Little, uh, That's right. Crotch, it's got a little crotch, crotch thing going on. Yeah, it's just not nice. But uh, for those of you people who think you might be interested in this thing, it retails for nine hundred and ninety-eight U.S. dollars. It's a steal. And uh, uh, it is that be... more or cheaper or more expensive than the pulse rifle? Um, it's it's more expensive than the pulse rifle. The pulse rifle, I believe, is like five hundred, five hundred something. There's only five hundred now. I don't, well, I don't know, seven hundred ninety-five dollars or something. But it's definitely not as much as nine hundred ninety-eight. Yeah, getting it. Feel the weight. <laughs> Uh, I saw it at the con. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Did you feel uh, the weight? No, I didn't. <laughs> now the suit can be customized to fit sizes ranging from triple S to triple L. No XL. And orders triple XL. So. Oh, right. And um, orders can be placed exclusively at udreplicas.com. So if you're a cock and you want to look like an even bigger cock on your bike, yeah, you can wear a suit that comprises a full leather jacket that includes lightweight interior lining as well as molded leather and Kevlar armor sections, <laughs> which you will need from the people that will try and shoot you when you wear this. <laughs> Kevlar. Pants that include heavy-duty four-way stretch spandex inserts and CE-approved armor. It's a horrible waste of Kevlar. <laughs> Authentic gloves and boots that replicate the amazing on-screen design. Yes. Was, uh, yeah, because Batman's boots, they, they played a huge part in that movie. You know, I mean, the reason it looked good on, in, on Batman is because that's what Batman wears. Yeah. Not of your names like fucking Dirk Diggler Jr. and you look like a fucking cock. Only people called Hans can wear this. Oh god. Only faggots can wear that and get away with it. Some more pictorial news, which is fantastic for a podcast that makes great radio. Um, if you have a look online for the first pics from the upcoming remake of the A-Team popped up uh, this week. It looks and, cool. Uh, it looks cool. I mean, the, the, the one thing is, like, you look at these characters, and even if you don't know what's going on, they look like the characters. Bradley Cooper, his face man, he's wearing a nice suit. He looks fuck, he looks like he looks like a fucking face. Yeah, he looks like a face. Liam yeah. Neeson basically looks like his character from Taken, but with gray hair. Which is it is quite neat as well. It's quite odd looking. Yeah, it, it is kind of weird. He I looks think. he looks slightly oddest of the lot. I mean, Charlotte Copley from uh, District Nine is playing Howling Matt Murdock. Yeah, and he's he's the one guy that kind of again, it doesn't look like Murdock. But when you look at it, it's Murdock. Yeah. He's got a, a jacket on, he's got a baseball cap in his hand, he's got some combats on. No, I think um, I think Charlotte Copley is an inspired choice. Yeah, inspired choice. I mean, at first I was thinking Sam Rockwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd like, be good for face as well. Yeah, Sam Rockwell would be just—he'd be awesome as Murdoch, you know. Because uh, and I think it, for a while there were some rumors that Jim Carrey might be um, 
face, yeah. You no, know, might be uh, Murdoch. But no, I think Charlotte Copley is awesome. I loved him in District 9. Great performance. But the big one for me was uh, seeing uh, B.A. Um, the actor's name is Quentin Rampage Jackson. <laughs> That's an awesome name for a guy playing B.A. Baracus. So it's Quinton, not Quentin. Quinton. But he does look, I mean, it looks like Mr. T. Although he, he, he's got a big belly on him, but he's like, they've got the beard. He's looking fucking buff. But there's no gold. No gold. That's the one thing. Although he's been wearing a jumper and shit like that, so maybe they're covering the gold. But then again, you don't want to ape. That view. He's also wearing a hat, so it's not clear what he's going to be sporting. No, no, but depending on how realistic they choose to go with this thing, I mean, yeah. it may not be the most practical thing for for your character to be running around with a bunch of gold chains. I mean, you'd, be, you'd have trouble sneaking up on motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cling, 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 cling. Ain't getting no plane. <laughs> I pity the fool. Pity the fool. I, I, want, I wonder if, I hope that line gets in there. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that, this is the thing, I mean, from what you were saying earlier about this, or I've heard online that it's, um, they're going a serious enough route. Uh-huh. But you can still fit, I pity the fool. Yeah, and I get on a plane and a glass of milk, and I love it when a plan comes together. No, yeah, you gotta have something like that. I love I mean, it when a plan comes together. Yeah, with the, uh, with the fucking cigar in the middle of his mouth. Mm. Awesome. Which they, um, which they uh, homaged in Spaced with, um, with uh, Julia Deacon's character. Yeah, yeah, but you know, they with, homaged everything in Spaced. Yeah, no, with, with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with, uh, with Brian. Oh, love it. Hello, Brian. Go to bed then, Brian. Daisy tells me you've been feeling a little dry. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> well, oh I, think, I feel dirty. I think you'd notice. Thing you remember, you dried up as soon as you started seeing Twit. <laughs> for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, you need to shut off, shut off this podcast right now and go and look for the copy of Spaced. Spaced. S P E A C E D. It's awesome. It's awesome. Some more pictorial news. There was this is from a while ago. This, obviously, we didn't do a podcast last week. For those of you who tried to download it. Yep, my apologies. There, it was uh, completely impossible with my schedule. But some news that came out was that Tim Burton JP seemed to have uh, concept art from Tim Burton's aborted 1990s re- uh, make. Superman Reborn. This Superman was uh, also the the same Superman project that Kevin Smith was working on. That uh, for those of you who have seen Kevin Smith's uh, live um, sort of college tour. Uh, he has a very famous story about when he was working on the Superman project. You can YouTube this, it's really funny. We might be able to get actually a special review of Kevin Smith live. Oh, right. One of my friends in Dublin is actually going to see him live, I think, at the end of this month. He's playing in Dublin. I hate him. I hate him, I hate him more than anything there. He just fucking he got tickets for their, his wedding anniversary there. No, that, that was also a big, hey, <laughs> that was also a big uh, regret of mine at the con, as I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't get the chance to see, see Kevin Smith, because he, he was speaking at the con. Yeah. But this, uh, this site, it's timburton.jp, so it's a very odd Japanese site with not an awful lot of text, even in Japanese. Yeah. Translating it, you don't, you just get little bits like concept art. That's it. Uh-huh. What they did have up there was not raw pics, but some YouTube clips of um, artwork and maquettes, like stuff sculpted. So there was, that was the thing that kind of sold it a little bit more for me was that the style looks like those illustrations that Tim Burton has done. Yeah. Like his, his style for Brain, his designs for Brainiac. There was yeah. some, the Superman ones looked a bit different, but the, the, the Brainiac ones look 100% Tim Burton, and they intersperse those with actual model looks, like, you know, uh, test models. Yeah. But what they also had was a picture of Tim, uh, Nicholas Cage. Cage in a fucking weird looking suit and looking like he's completely out of his fucking head. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it almost looks like a fucking wax sculpture. Yeah. I mean, it's his hair is all long, which is kind of in keeping with the Superman of that particular period. Yeah, well, he has he has the mullet when he comes back from the death. Yeah, yeah, but um, it just looks 
It looks. Fucking, I'm so glad it's the aborted make. Yeah, it looks oh. bizarre. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I'd actually be kind of interested in seeing seeing this movie if the uh, the 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 future the cinematic future of the character didn't depend on it. Yeah. What's yeah. nice about comics is that you can have different interpretations. You can do Elseworlds. You can do yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, you, you do have all these weird stuff, and it doesn't affect the actual character. Like, if, what if, if Batman was a vampire? Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, all, all kinds of uh, those kinds of stories, and that's what's cool about the, you know, like when you're dealing with the comic book universe within within the comic book medium, is that you can fuck with different stuff. And I you think can have Tim Burton Superman. Yeah, you know, it's, it, and it's branded as Tim Burton Superman. It's yeah. not like the next Superman movie. It's not yeah. Superman Returns. Exactly. Two. It's a so as, as a reader, when you buy this book, you know you're going to get Tim Burton Superman. It is a self-contained story. I think I mentioned this before in relation to the Hulk is that they're getting that way. Movies are together. The the time between a, a bad movie and a remake of it is getting shorter and shorter. Shorter and shorter. So you know, audiences are getting used to the fact that you know they don't walk in saying, "Oh, hey, where's Eric Bana?" It's, they just buy it, and it's like it's yeah. Edward Norton. It's a different take. I can understand that. It's not like I see a movie and I know nothing about what went into it. People are more a bit more savvy these days. I think. Right now, I mean, there's this there's been this uh, just to bounce off the whole Edward Norton thing for a second. There's a whole been a whole lot of yo-yoing around as to whether or not he's going to come back in the Avengers. Avengers, yeah. And some of the things he says suggest that he would be interested, and some of the things he says that was the latest. And up, up, up until recently, he had been very much like, "I'd love to do it." And then recently, he's like, "Well, I can't really say." Yeah, you know, Marvel they got their own thing going on, you know. And then another thing came on saying that uh, he think he thinks it'll be a good idea if the Hulk is one of the villains. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I hope that works out, dude. I mean, Me too. If, if that works out, that'll be so sweet. But if you're looking for a laugh and also want an image burned on your brain that you'll never be able to wash away. Have a look at Tim Burton, Dakota JP. Yep, it's a fucking crazy ass fucking picture, Nicholas fucking Cage. <laughs> but anyway, uh, going on to reboots and sequels, uh, Michael Bay has announced Transformers 3. Yes, which is weird after he's been kind of fighting for so long to say, I want to do something else instead. Yeah, I want to do something else. He wanted to do this movie, this uh, low budget movie called Pain and Gain, which apparently, according to his uh, statement on his, uh, on his, uh, on his website, shoot from the, shooting from the hip, yeah. Uh, he does mention that Pain and Gain is going to be shooting right after he's done with Transformers 3. Oh, he did mention that because the announcement confirmed that he's going to be, um, it's his next movie, it's yeah. his next film. Well, this is... Uh, so what is the release date? Give it out there. The release date is, uh, well, I'm just going to quote uh, his statement from his website. And the quote starts now. Well, it's official. We have a great Transformers 3 story. Uh, is this as great as the one that you had the last time? Dipshit. The release date is now July 1st, 2011, not 2012. Today is day one. This morning started with an ILM meeting for five hours in San Francisco. Currently, I'm flying with writer Ethan Kruger, and he was the guy largely responsible for fucking up the sequel, to Rhode Island to talk to Hasbro about new characters. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah, especially seeing as they deserve a sideswipe. You know, like new characters. I mean, sideswipe like, got no screen time. Are we gonna get two Mexican twins in the, oh, you know, the next Jesus. one? Oh, Jesus. Oh, and this is, but this is the best part about it. Yeah. P.S. Megan Fox, welcome back. I promise no alien robots will harm you in any way during production of this motion picture. Please consult your physician when working under my direction because some side effects can occur, such as mild dizziness, intense nausea, suicidal, suicidal tendencies, tendencies, depression, minor chest hair growth, <laughs> random internal hemorrhaging, and inability to sleep. As some directors may be hazardous to your health, please consult your doctor to determine if this is right for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pain and Gain is right after shooting in Transformers 3. <laughs> you got served! That's got, he's really set the tone for how they're going to the working relationship on this third movie. Mm -hmm. And then as a side note, this, um, this uh, new release date puts it against the Peter Burke-directed Battleship, which is also a Hasbro property. So yeah, it's going to be moved, I think. Yeah, I don't they think talk about moving it to Hollywood. Yeah, I don't uh, think Hasbro's going to want to compete against itself. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they want to do that? Have you seen these Green Hornet photos? 
No, I couldn't be bothered. This is more pictures. Uh, this is our first look at Seth Rogen and Jay Chow. They're actually as, wearing green. As, as the Green Hornet and Kato. And you know what? It doesn't look bad. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look bad. I mean, like, uh, I mean, this particular shot, which is it's, it's right in the middle of action, once again, we're, sh we're talking about things you can't see. But using the awesome power of description, it actually looks pretty old school. I mean, the the design to it, it looks like they're staying pretty faithful to the look. It's and a classic feel. suit. It is a, it is a classic look for it. And Jay Chow looks gay. <laughs> well, especially <laughs> because he's crouching behind the other guy. Jay Chow looks like Seth Rogen's Jay ass. Chow looks like some kind of like you go into like a one of these sex places, these like role playing like uh, <laughs> yeah. little places in pot pong. He's somewhere. the game. <laughs> it's like some guy's got a Kato fetish. I, he he'll look just like Jay Chow. How Jay Chow looks in the, as Kato in this movie. But yeah, looks interesting. Yeah, more. Remake. But that's all there is. But I mean, the main reason I'm in, uh, I want to see this is Michelle Gondry. Yeah, I'm just so curious to see, see what, where he goes with this. And also with uh, Christoph uh, Waltz, the guy from um, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards, is the villain. Interested to see what he does. Some of the remake news then this week: uh, the trailer for Nightmare on Elm Street's out, mm -hmm. um, starring Jackie, Jackie Earl, Earl Haley. Haley. <laughs> Uh, Rorschach from Watchmen. Yeah. Um, you ain't got nothing to worry about. This won't hurt. But one little bit. So he do, it is a quite different take on Freddy. I think the this, trailer doesn't show any jokey bits. Yeah, uh, and also like the voice that he's using, it, it feels a lot more sinister and a lot more sort of rooted in reality. Yeah. That kind of uh, less theatrical. Yeah. Which... Uh, it's a good and a bad thing. Which is a good and a bad thing. I mean, I, I always enjoyed Freddy's theatricality. Yeah. You know, I, I love the fact that, you know, David. Not in a wink. How do you, feel, how do you feel about, like, uh, Jackie, Jackie or Haley playing the new Freddy Krueger? I have no idea who that actor is. Rorschach. Watchmen. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> then, the home of snap decisions. Then it'll probably work over in the U.S. I mean, I, mean I, I would imagine if you're selling this movie to a whole new generation of kids, it won't surprise me at all if a lot of kids have not seen Robert Englund as Freddy yeah. Krueger. Yeah. You know, so for anybody, I think, under 14 or 15. Clancy Brown's in it. Clancy Brown, he's in the trailer, I yeah. but I haven't seen his name in any of the cast lists. Really? So Could it's like, so I don't know if it's like, if, if he's just like in that, uh, that, bit. that that teaser bit in the flashback. Because yeah, they showed that they do, a, I don't know whether it's a flashback or it's, it's going like to be, a, they, it's the explanation, yeah. you know, he gets, he's, they think he's It's like a kids jumper, and... suddenly Diane Lane is fucking Hayden Christensen's mom. Yeah, where the what fuck the fuck? did you come from? <laughs> Job center. <laughs> it was her day off on Nights from Rudan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a cool. There's some nice imagery. There's there is a girl flying off her bed, which is always you know you yeah. gotta have that. And there's a cool and that thing still of, that, uh, of the woman in the back with the hand just coming up with the glove on it. That looks fucking kick ass. That looks nice. But that's from the first movie. Mm. I mean, that's a very that's a very iconic image from yeah. the first film where uh, Heather Leggenkamp is in that taking the shop, taking you know taking a bath, and Freddy's glove comes up. Yeah. Between her legs, gonna fucking claw that muff up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a prodigy song. <laughs> claw that, that muff up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jamie Foxx, Robert Downey Jr., and Zach Galifianakis, the uh, funny fat guy from The Hangover, All right. are teaming up together for a movie called Due Date. He is in everything now, the fat guy. Yeah, yeah. He's I also saw like three trailers today, and he was in all of them in the background with up his beard. Up in the air. Up in the air. Up in the air. He's in that. He's yeah. in something else as well. But he's he's got the he's rocking the beard. He's rocking the beard. Well, he's he's he was he's fucking funny. And uh, they're teaming up for uh, Todd Phillips' new comedy. Todd Phillips is the director of Hangover, also directed Old School and Road Trip. Yeah. And um, I like this. I like this team up. Jamie Foxx, Robert Downey Jr., and Zach Galifianakis. I can deal with that. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays um, a high-strung father to be, who's uh, going to take a 
sort of a road trip with a college slacker who is Zach Galifianakis, uh-huh. to stereotyping, uh, to make it to the birth on time. And, to uh, the birth on time. Jamie Foxx plays uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, old friend who once dated his wife, who's going to be played by Michelle Monaghan, who I like very much. Mm, she's cool. She was very good in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, and, she was uh, hot. And uh, Gone Baby Gone, she was really good as well. Yeah. She's got a movie coming out called Trucker that apparently is her monster's ball. Really? Yeah, apparently like uh, all the festivals like saying... Minus the sex scene. It's just having the name is just like, yeah, Monster's Ball. I was just like, what the fuck is this? This is my I'm Monster's Ball. <laughs> Let's just hope you don't follow the same route and take your next Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's got to be the worst way to follow up an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fall. Probably comes before fall. Well, fall comes really quick after an Oscar. Jesus. It was oh, terrible. There is some uh, like uh, urban legend that basically if you win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, your career is over. Really? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of these people who, like, you know, you see them, like, in direct-to-video movies. Yeah, yeah. And in the back there, it's got Academy Award nominee. nominee. Yeah. And you're like, uh-huh. for what movie? And you realize, like, uh, like Joel Grey, Academy Award winner for so, a Cabaret, like, in the 70s. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, now he's like, don't know, the last movie I saw him in was The Music of Chance <laughs> with James Spader and Mandy Patinkin. Nice. <laughs> and Charles Durning. Ooh. Yeah. And some, math- and some mathematics. It was a good movie. Oh, yeah. That was the last thing I saw him in. Weird. And at the back of the sleeve, it says, James Spader joins Academy Award winner Joel Grey. I'm like, huh? What did he ever win an Oscar for? And then under asterisk at the bottom, it says, Cabaret, I can say. But interesting uh, cast for that, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, I saw another trailer this week. It's one to avoid. Transylvania. I refuse to watch that trailer. I, I didn't know. I was thinking, I don't know that much about this movie. I'll watch the trailer, see what it's going to be like. I thought it might be, you know, a bit of a romp. This looks like the worst excesses of scary movie and American Pie movies, just with vampires. It's atrocious looking. It looks like the worst movie ever made. I mean, I can tell that just from the poster that it looks like a piece of shit. Yeah, it looks like Meet the Fucking Spartans. Uh, I mean, which I refuse to watch. As yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. well, I mean, oh, I'm going just purely on you know opinion and the, you know everyone's. Like I own, as far as the scary movies are concerned, I only enjoyed the first one. Yeah. However, I am a little bit of a sucker for the for the, for the first three uh, American Pie movies. Yeah, I, like, I mean the first. I mean, it, I meant it's more, all, the, the way all, it the, all the all the DVD uh, spinoffs. I refuse to watch them yeah, because yeah. they just look. I mean, like if, if you don't have Stifler, I'm not there. Mm. You know, Stifler is. I mean, he, especially in American Pie three. Stifler's the bomb. His, some of his dialogue in American Pie three was just awesome. Which is the one with them on Holloway. Uh, I think that was two. Okay. That was awesome too. But uh, fucking in number three, he's got some crazy fucking lines. When he dri- when he's driving past Jason Biggs' house and he sees the happy engagement sign, yeah. he's like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> he's driving, he gets out and he's like, "Well, polish my nuts and pour me a milkshake." <laughs> I'm gonna hang out with my wang, <laughs> then I'm gonna rock out with my cock out. <laughs> he was the best thing in those movies. Well, sorry, Finch fucker. <laughs> And Finch, he fucks Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. Awesome. Jennifer Coolidge, I'd fuck her. I'd fuck Jennifer Coolidge. She's another one after that movie, she was in everything. You see her all over the place. Any day of the week, twice on Sunday. (laughs) You're so odd. I know. Speaking of scary movies, um, there's an announcement there two weeks ago that Scream 4 is a go. Nev Campbell is back on and Wes Craven is currently in talks because they were going to proceed, I think, with uh, Courtney Cox and... Arquette. David Arquette. David Arquette, maybe do a little spin-off about them, but now it looks like they're going the opposite direction, so they're already doing this. Is Kevin Williamson writing this? Yes, he is. Jesus. That's a name from the past. Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek, man. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Love that shit. 
but the other thing that was saying that I think they're going for might be doing a 3D thing and it was just about talking about dimensions uh, current lineup and I enjoyed the faculty yeah and the faculty was good but uh, they're also talking about dimension in Disney's uh, lineup and it's like they're doing which Robert Rodriguez is right what was it the fourth Spy Kids movie plans are in place for Halloween 3D which has since gone on hold uh, 3D remakes of Hellraiser and Scanners and regular remakes of Children of the Corn, Short Circuit, and American Werewolf. 3D of Scanners, I'm so fucking there! You'd be picking the brain <laughs> off your fucking clothes. I want 3D naked lunch. I'm more worried about, does the world really need another Children of the Corn make? Uh, no, it doesn't. It, it, I mean, like, I love the first one. The, yeah. fir the, t the first one is just great, bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great bad movie. I think Sci-Fi remade it recently as well. Yeah, it's like and apparently sequels. it was all like raunchy and shit. It's it like hard, hardcore sex scenes and That's stuff. I, I gotta yeah. download that. Movie. <laughs> mm? Oh no! Bada bada Okay, uh, remember like uh, we were talking about how they're remaking Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me in. Let me in. Do you have its other title that apparently it's been appearing under? No, Fish Heads. Or dead fish, something like that. Really? For some reason, they have this alternate title at these at these things. Fish heads? What is? There's something like that. Or you feed me fish heads, or something stupid like that. Is it about Asians? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I had it in notes a week or two ago, but I think we forgot to touch on it. It was just like that was the weirdest part of it. I don't care that much about the remake, but just the fact that they're having this alternate title, which is fish, dead fish. Well, uh, there's some uh, casting news, which um, I guess sounds pretty promising. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee, who is uh, playing um, uh, Viggo Mortensen's son in The Road. The Ever Delayed Road. Yeah, the but Road is long with many a winding turn. Well, apparently, for those who have seen the the, the critics that have seen The Road, um, this this guy, this kid apparently is uh, fucking amazing. Hot shit. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, there there's there's even been some talk of like Oscar buzz, and apparently like he is he's scored the the role as Owen, mm -hmm. uh, the young boy, and. Uh, Chloe Moretz, who plays um, fucking uh, hit, girl? Hit, hit girl in um, the upcoming Kick-Ass, is uh, playing Abby. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And Richard Jenkins is playing um, the guy who like takes care of her. Her care, yeah. Yeah, uh, who in the in the original was called Hakan. Yeah. Uh, but I like Richard Jenkins. What's he in? Richard Jenkins. Yeah, I'll show you this picture. I got a picture of him here. As soon as you see him, you know exactly who he is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's all. I know exactly who he is. <laughs> uh, he was in uh, the Station Agent. Uh, he was also uh, Veronica Cartwright's uh, husband in The Witches of Eastwick. Was he uh, eating a sandwich in some movie really weirdly? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Licking his lips and shit? Uh, fuck, what was it? Oh, God. Shit, I know the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's trying to do something and something keeps interrupting him or something? God. Was, was he in Changing Lanes as well or something? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's trying to eat the... Fuck, what's that movie? You son of a bitch, you do this. <laughs> Why do you do this shit? I'm still worried about this movie. I mean, there's no way American movie can be as you know hardcore as the first one. They're just like the the not all, not only just the violence, but the actual themes of you know this love between this girl and this old guy, and this, between this and this her and this kid, and all this you know the horror of it and stuff like that. It's I I could just see it turning out like The Ring. Um, I well, and The Ring I think is one of the better uh, Hollywood uh, remakes of the Asian horror movies. Yeah, but I, I, it's gonna happen now. Every time I talk about The Ring, I actually the hair stand up my arm literally. Yeah. I freak out. The original. Yeah. The original, yeah. The new one never did that for me. If you've seen the, I mean, the, the original, I just thought it wasn't a patch on the original. It, was yeah. just, it wasn't so much, the story was there, there was some intensity, but the actual, just the dread of it, because even the Japanese original was shot with such, you know, dread throughout, and putting Sadako on a, a man in a rubber suit or whatever just didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I have massive doubts about this, but as far as casting goes, um, I can't fault this casting. This mm. is pretty good casting. <sighs> 
And uh, I'm, I'll go see anything Richard Jenkins is in. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I do not think that it's uh, going to be a patch on the original. I don't think it can be. Because no. even if it is a good movie, it's not going to matter because the original... You've already, it's in your head. It's already in your head. You it's still so you won't fresh. Have that, 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 you won't have that feeling distance. of like... You won't have that distance between... I have no idea where this is going. Yeah. Which is part of the dread of that movie. I know. Time for Danny Trejo news. Okay. So Danny Trejo has been uh, confirmed himself that he has been cast in Robert Rodriguez's uh, Predators movie. Yep. That's cool. That's good fucking news. Some of the story actually also leaked out. Uh, did you see this? No. It's uh, about some. It begins on Earth when a guy called Royce gets a fight with another human and kills his opponent. But some predators are watching the whole thing from their camouflage screens. <laughs> the predators like what they see, so they kidnap Royce and shoot him over to their home planet. So it's basically this. It's going to be like the Magnificent Seven versus Predators. They have a lineup of uh, a Mexican enforcer for the drug, drug cartel, Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. uh, a Russian uh, with four with a, a four-barrel gas-powered rotary machine gun, close to the body's weapon in uh, the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? A sniper, sniper girl, so uh, we're gonna skinhead get up- convict, Japanese enforcer with a samurai sword, a member of a Sierra Leone death squad, and a small, unassuming man named Edwin who was on the FBI's most wanted list. He's gonna fuck a predator in the ass. We gotta get we gotta get Ken Watanabe for that Japanese character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking a. But this is going to be on the predator. It's going to be on the predator's homeworld, and they're going to be realizing it's killer killed, and he's going to have to go out there and kick ass. Fucking. So we're going to see an update of old painless. Uh, the fucking machine gun. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Old painless is waiting. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> you got time to duck. It always freaks me out where the black guy is just constantly <laughs> shaving his head in that movie. Yeah. Oh, not a scratch. Not a fucking scratch. I would have got you. He's gonna come up again, and when he does, I'm gonna cut his name in two. I'm gonna cut your name in two. They were all complete fuckheads in that movie. There's something out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man. Billy the Indian. We're all gonna die. <laughs> have you seen? Did you see the trailer for? Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You talked about this. Um, did you? Did, did you hear about the Morgans? No. Did you hear about the Morgans? The the, the you huge... talked about this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hugh Grant and the Sarah Jessica Parker, the chicks who look like a foot. Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> Never gets old. They let Sarah Jessica Parker on TV and she looks, looks like, like a foot. foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Uma Thurman, uh, Quentin Tarantino has confirmed that he wants to do Kill Bill 3. Did you watch that interview? I got into it. It's no, on I, right, I read it's the on right, It's on Rye 3, which is this Italian channel, which is on in every hotel in the world. Where they have like shows with dancing girls and stuff. Italy's gotta be a weird fucking place, man. But um, the clip for this is that she's talking in Italian. He's just sitting there. He's got the thing in his ear, and he's just kind of looking at her, like not having a clue what's going on. And then they translate, and then he answers, and then someone translates over him. So reading the transcripts a good idea. Yeah. I got about. And it's about twenty. It's about ten minutes long. I didn't. I didn't watch it because uh, you know I had a lot of work to do, so I just read the transcript. But he said the bride will kill again. Yep. Oh, we'll fight again. Basically, uh, he says that uh, he wants to wait a couple of years. He wants to wait ten years to pass from the second one to the third one because so Uma Thurman's ten years older, right? No, because he said that um, he loves the character and he thinks that she deserves ten years of peace. She deserves ten years of no- this is a quote. She deserves ten years of no fighting. She deserves ten years with her child, Bibi. I put her through a lot in those first two movies, and I just want her to have a nice, peaceful life for ten years. That's nice. Isn't it? But, uh, no, Do you th- care about your real life friends <laughs> as much as your characters, Quentin? There was something in the, about this about he was waiting for her to age ten years. Whether that's just tying into that or someone's read it wrong, I don't know. Give it a name. 
That's another movie I want. We want. We have to review one day. What? Things to do in Denver when you're. Oh dead. yeah, I fucking see that. Long. I haven't seen that movie in years. Christopher Walken is the paraplegic gangster. They got the, the paralyzed gangster. He's like he's on. A, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he. Uh, yeah, so I was getting confused Jenny, with that. Suicide and, Kings because he's in a wheelchair again. Yeah, yeah. And a very, very young Jenny McCarthy is yeah. playing his nurse. And then when Andy Garcia's there, he's like, you know, even though I can't feel it, I'm positive I have erections every time she comes in here. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Brolin has replaced Sean Penn in Cartel. Heard about this, yeah. So I didn't know about the movie, though. Well, I mean, this is the, the story. It's basically about a guy who um, he's on a mission to protect his son after his wife is brutally murdered in the gritty world of Mexican cartels. Uh, Sean Penn was originally supposed to uh, play the uh, lead character, but uh, for reasons that has... For personal reasons, yeah. Not uh, creative differences? No, no, now it's personal reasons. He's not over playing gays yet. Yeah, he wants he, to play some got, more He gays. wants to fit one more in, you know, so like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Josh Brolin, I got no problem with Josh Brolin. Any, He's awesome. Anytime I see a, uh, a former Goonie... Doing good for himself? In, in a, you know, doing good for himself, you know, not snorting coke and taking up the ass in some fucking prison somewhere. But yeah, I, I mean, Josh Brolin has had a great run. I mean, there's not, I, I watch him in anything at the moment. Josh Brolin, yeah, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to Jonah Hex. Yeah, Jonah that Hex, that's gonna be awesome. Fucking, oh shit, I even liked him in Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking dumbass boyfriend. Kevin Bacon's trying to kill him. <laughs> and Mimic. Oh, I haven't seen Mimic actually. Yeah, you haven't seen Mimic? No, I haven't. Josh no. Brolin gets his whole bottom half like bitten off. Sweet. It's awesome. Well, you fucking ruined it for me now. Well, you know, that only happened. It's, it's not like a big spoiler. And you won't remember it anyway. I'm not gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> you won't remember it anyway. Fucking mimic. Do you have time to watch mimic? <laughs> hey, it's it's a Guillermo del Toro. I know, but he's like, yeah, but he's in late. He, he, oh yeah, mimic. Yeah, you know, it was, it was crazy. You know, it, it was his The Frighteners. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy The Frighteners. I enjoy The Frighteners as well. You will enjoy mimic if you watch it. <laughs> Damn it! Using my logic against me. And so will all of you, Guillermo del Toro, so-called Guillermo del Toro fans, who only go and watch Pan's Labyrinth. Have you seen Chronos? <laughs> yep. Have you seen Devil's Backbone? Not yet. Oh. Well, pod one. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. Yeah, totally. Oh, did you see the trailer for Paranormal Activity? Yeah. This looks scary. This looks fuck. fucking scary. This, scary this, this is fuck. the Blair Witch House. Awesome. It, it, this trailer came out. It's uh, apparently the... Oh, the Steven Spielberg's a really good sport when it comes to movie buzz. Or he's actually just weird. Um, he said he got a review copy of it, watched it, and then he had to, he got halfway through and then asked someone to take the videotape out of his house. Because <laughs> it was freaking him out too much. <laughs> Put it in the freezer! <laughs> Steven Spielberg was too afraid to watch the end of this movie. <laughs> the trailer did worry me a little bit in that it was one of those like, oh look how scared the audiences are. But yeah. there is like, they do shit that looks in that same ring Blair Witch way. Yeah. The way the guy stands in the corner, the Blair Witch, it's just a guy standing in a corner. He could be taken away. It looks wrong. And there, and uh, there's some pretty pretty solid reviews from from uh, pretty solid uh, sources to back yeah. it up. So this is a bit, this is a couple who are like you know the, the girl thinks something in the house. The guy thinks it's bullshit. He gets a camera. He sets it up in the room to record what's going on at night. And then it's like footprints through the hallways. And then like the bed sheets move, but they move in a really wrong way. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it it does look fucking freaky. Yeah. So it, it looks like a lot of those uh, one, a lot of those descent moments. Yes, in there. It's like, oh my god! Is, is there anything I need more? It's more heart attack moments. Jesus! Holy fucking shit! <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, I'm suddenly I'm 11 years old and I have no balls. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was 
I want to go to bed. Why did I? Why do I live alone? <laughs> I'm gonna learn to be nice. <laughs> be, get some friends. <laughs> after uh, after one summer of um, toy movies, we're coming up like there's more coming up. He-Man's back on. Yep, Sony Pictures, right? Yeah, Sony Pictures finalizing these deal with Mattel to get uh, Masters of the Universe back on the big screen. So the Joe Silver and Justin Marks pen script has been canned, so they're looking now to get a new one getting going because it's failed development. And in other news, Barbie, Universal Pictures has acquired the film rights to Barbie. I know. And it's live action. I know. Reason to kill yourself, number 348. <laughs> they're making a Barbie movie. Jesus. And you know, and you know it's gonna be massive. You know it's gonna yes. be a huge fucking hit. But do they? I mean, you've got Sex in the City, but the license of a shopaholic. What? What will this Barbie provide? All we, all we need is for fucking Barbie to open in the same summer as the next Twilight movie, and we're <laughs> fucked. You know, even Michael Bay is gonna shift dates. It's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're gonna shift it to a more awesome date. Yeah. <laughs> That's only a matter of time before he'll that the release now. He won't release date. He won't have time to get it done by then. He'll say that. You heard it first here. Who knows? He might even direct the Barbie movie. There'll be some explosions and shit. Oh, that's the clip I was looking for. Something on YouTube. The new... Uh, no, it wasn't. It's a Robot Chicken sketch about the new Michael Bay movie. You're watching the trailers. Michael Bay presents... Explosions! Explosions! Bay explosions! Explosion bay! Blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on for fucking ages and just like... Things blowing up. Prams. Bit women. Cars, ambulances, buildings, the planet. <laughs> I just love the fact that he actually uses the phrase Bayhem. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't give a shit what any of the fucking like art lovers say. I fucking love his movies. Yeah, he's right. Even, I mean, like Transformers 2, there's so much about it that just pissed me off, but at the same time, it's like. We, love, we gave it a good review. I mean, you know, we gave it a good review. We enjoyed it when it came out. Yeah. I won't be watching it as often as I watched the first one, though. And they're, they're still fucking, they really are fl flogging this James McTeague, Wachowski Brothers Superman rumor to yeah. death. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna wait till They're doing the same thing with Edward Norton's statements about the Avengers. It's like a new fucking different, like, thing. A different way of saying, hey, no news. But then... What's the same about McTeague's this week? I skipped over it, I couldn't be bothered. Uh, he, he was just talking a little bit about, um, well, actually, he was being interviewed about his um, Edgar Allan Poe project, mm -hmm. uh, The Raven. Which is basically kind of like it's it's like from hell, but with Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, okay. Something like that. Because there's another one in, in, in production somewhere, isn't it? Where it's um. Well, it's like uh, Sylvester Stallone. Is it? Sylvester Stallone is attached to, I think, produce and possibly direct uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Edgar Allan, Edgar Allan Poe biopic. Oh, okay, that's a biopic. But I think there's someone's doing a, there's a comic book version of Edgar Allan Poe Vampire Hunter or something along those lines. Oh, I don't know about that. But that's the, the we're talking about the you know the, the director we're talking about that I can't remember his name at the moment, but was someone decent? So they're like it's going to be Poehem. But you know, speaking of Stallone, he was talking a little bit about um, the possibility of remaking Death Wish because uh, he is thinking about it. Wow! And it, the only problem, I mean, like he, he did sort of say one cool thing that I thought was that was nice about um, remakes. Yeah. And he says, and I quote: "The trouble with remakes is that people fall in love with the original. It's like peanut butter. If you try and change the taste of peanut butter, you're in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Stallone Stone's my new favorite action hero again right now. It's like just after fucking Rambo and fucking after like and because uh, and they were apparently I didn't know this that they're going to be remaking um, Cliffhanger. Yeah, no, we mentioned this. Oh uh, yeah, I remember I mentioned the podcast and I was like, that's right, that's right. Because I had a content. I mean, I, I I understand it was a big earner, but it was just like uh, Sky Movies ten o'clock. Okay, I'll leave it on. <laughs> you know, you're not going to stay in to watch Cliffhanger. Yeah. Who own? How many people own the DVD of Cliffhanger? 
Do you I, I own it. Do you actually yeah, have it? I knew you fucking have it. It's an awesome movie. <laughs> would, you, would you actually just like set it's aside some t- tonight? No, I can't go tonight. I'm watching Cliffhanger. No, I have my own personal collection of John Lithgow villain movies. My, True. My favorite is Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love this. Uh, John, John Lithgow plays this awesome character called Blake in Ricochet, this movie with Denzel Washington. It was Denzel Washington's, one of Denzel Washington's first lead roles as an action hero. Yeah. And also co-stars Ice-T. That's how old this movie is. Yeah. And uh, John Lithgow's character is in prison and he's up for parole. And he's like combing his hair and shit, and the, and the guard comes like, uh, "All right, board's ready for you. Hope you hope you remember to floss." And then he just turns and looks and is like, "I did, with your wife's pubic hair." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But uh, I got I read this thing on Empire, and after like uh, there's this thing where he says, "I keep telling my producer Avi Lerner, make Edgar Allan Poe." He says. Uh, my producer says, does he have a gun? He's <laughs> like, no, he, do- he doesn't have a gun. Can he throw a knife? I say, no, he writes poetry. <laughs> and then Empire added, sadly, the awesome sight of Stallone, quill pen in hand, bashing out the pit and the pendulum will be denied us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> of course I'm not playing Poe. <laughs> Yo, Poe, it won't work. <laughs> It'll be some young actor because he dies at 39. Well, thanks for giving it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So but Poe, it's gonna happen. Poe hits the iceberg then, yeah? Uh, yeah. No. Um, just showing the, the banality of fucking Hollywood because you have a gun. Weird, <laughs> weird teaming up is going on there with uh, Diablo Cody will pen and produce a film adaptation of Francis Pascal's Sweet Valley High. Yeah, I read about that. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Megan, uh, Megan Fox's movie, uh, Jennifer's Body, has been getting trashed. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because I only saw like, some, of the, some of the pre-reviews were okay, but it's actually shit. Um, well, it opened really bad. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, a lot. The reviews weren't particularly kind. Oh. Hmm. We'll see it at some point. Diablo Cody. That's an awesome name. Yeah, it is. It's a stripper name, though. <laughs> That's a real name. What was a stripper name? <laughs> Suck me fondly. Do me nicely. Ho on knees. Mary. Who flung poo? <laughs> All right. Next. 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 Uh, next bit of news, I think, actually. Uh, oh, I'm done with news, man. Uh, news is boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else I got? Oh, one thing I saw was the John Carter of Mars casting and uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, but it was the end of the casting where they said they're actually shooting it's live action. Mm-hmm. I thought it's um, one of the guys, one of the Pixar directors is doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's still yeah. live action. I didn't realize it was live action until now. No, That's going to be fucking trippy. That is going to be trippy. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to wait till I see a trailer. Yeah. Uh, you got that first picture of Paul? Yeah, they put a big picture of Paul up on the studio beside where they're making it. But I mean, it, it gives nothing away apart from Kevin's, uh, Simon Pegg's weird fucking hairdo. I mean, Nick Frost is rocking his mullet, but Kevin, he just Simon Pegg looks weird. Yeah, yeah, he does look weird in this movie. But this movie's got a great cast. Yeah. It's got a fucking awesome cast. I mean, it's, it's, it's the two guys, they wrote it. I mean, they can't, can't go wrong. Oh, one thing as well was the, you know, the Mighty Boosh. Mm-hmm. Classic show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, find it. Um, they've been doing a bit of a promotion in the US moment for their DVD set. It's the first time that it's been available. And apparently it's in a truncated version on Adult Swim on Cartoon Network as well. Oh, yeah? But they've been talking about uh, possibility of an American pro production for a new season, as well as a movie and a live album. That wow. would rock. <laughs> I, lo- I love the moon. Our show is an acquired taste, says Barrett. I think it helps to have it recommended by a stone 22-year-old. <laughs> it's a very good show. It's very good. I love, I love the fucking moon. Mm. The moon cracks me up every oh, single moon. Mm-hmm. The moon. Oh, blue bottle. Shooting style. Oh, blue bottle. In my face. <laughs> 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 
Sutton, Mars, <laughs> just some of my friends. It's a genius show. The fact that the moon is a character in it will give you an idea of how <laughs> fucked up it is. It's uh, it's uh it's very much I think like what Monty Python might be doing today if yes, they were around today. Very, and if they were like into jazz and uh, were goths. <laughs> <laughs> One bit of sad news to finish off. Um, news Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing R.I.P. Dick DeRock, um, who was also in the early stunts. He's a stuntman first of all, mm-hmm. and he was in. He was the face well, of Swamp Thing. Well, Swamp Thing was a huge motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Beverly Hillbillies. He was guard number one in an episode of Star Trek. And he'd do uh, stunt work in loads of movies like The Poseidon Adventure, The A-Team, and Acton 100 Moors, including The Rockford Files, The Incredible Hulk, and Married with Children, and Stand By Me. Cool. But yeah, he passed away there about a week and a half ago, so... Bye-bye, Alec. Oh, man, this year people are just I have dropping... Swamp, I have Swamp Thing there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Go watch that again. That, that, that's got another one I'm going to do. You've got the original Swamp Thing on? Yeah. Awesome. You've been well, you're holding out on told you I had it. No, you didn't. Right. I would remember that. Uh, I guess maybe also touch on the fact that the US fall TV season started now. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Stargate Universe, but apparently it's a new BSG. Um, House has been on. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heroes has been on. It's rubbish. That's what I hear. I hear, uh, I hear Heroes is uh, not doing too well. Yeah, so it's only matters. I think November is when V comes on TV. I watched half of Flash Forward, the first hour of Flash Forward, which it's very lostish. It's like, hey, let's have a big mystery and work around it. This is a series uh, that's executive produced by, and I think co-created by David Goyer, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stars uh, Joseph Fiennes and John Cho. Oh, yeah. Everyone everyone on the planet blacks out for two minutes, and then they all have visions of the future, although some people haven't, so were they dead? Were they asleep? What was going on? Mm-hmm. And they got pieces together over the series of, over the course of seven series. <laughs> <laughs> there's some other, I think there's some, a few other kind of decent, uh, Dollhouse is back, I don't know how long that's going to run, but there's some decent sci-fi kind of shows coming out this year. Mm-hmm. A day one is what I'm looking for, which has been reduced from a 13-hour miniseries to a four-hour miniseries to see if, the, if it plays before they go for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And this one looks fucking weird. It's like, it looks like Melrose Place, only the landlady has been picking people to let in for the apocalypse. Like, this guy, there's a security guard, there's a, uh, what you call it, a mini, uh, ambulance guy. Paramedic? Te- paramedic, yeah. There's like a paramedic, there's all these different people, they all have different skills and stuff like that, and these huge giant rods or something come down from space and impact all over the planet and no one knows what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. So that looks like it's got balls. The trailer alone looks like, what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. But they had this creepy woman with a cat, like the log lady. She looks like the log lady from uh, Twin Peaks. Oh yeah? And she's like... I, I gotta see that show again. I put you all here for a reason. Twin Peaks had the best fucking main theme. Mm. I, I love that. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what did you think of Twin Peaks? Oh God! <laughs> My first uh, dose of David Lynch. David Duchovny and drag. So you can't go wrong. Adolescent acid trip at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's got to be our new main. Our yeah, new we got the, we got yeah, Twin Peaks coming up soon. Reviews. Julie Cruz. Yeah, I think we'll move on to reviews. I don't think there's anything else to touch on. Okay. All right. I'll start. Go ahead. Okay, I'm uh, reviewing the remake of uh, the John Carpenter movie, um, Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, because we've been bashing remakes in general lately. <laughs> we should highlight one that's good. You know, and you know, to be fair, there are quite a few good remakes. And a lot of uh, movies that we think are originals are actually remakes as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I really enjoyed this one. I mean, I felt that it was very, very... In terms of plot, I mean, it does, um, it does tell its own story. It does update it. Um, but what... I do like about it is that it's very, very faithful to the tone of the original. 
the original was a was a no holds barred, uh, fucking very low budget, gritty, very very tense sort of siege movie, and uh, this one is all of that, but with a great cast and with a bigger budget and a cooler set. Yeah. Uh, the the pre-scene 13 set. I mean, they got more money, so like they can cover more. And the director uh, is uh, he's good with the camera. Is the building a character? The building is very much a character. <laughs> no, but in that sense, it is cool. I mean, the production design of this movie is very cool. Basic plot yeah, is... Um, okay, well, the, uh, Ethan Hawke is the lead, and I like Ethan Hawke as an action hero. Yeah. I think he's a good-thinking man's lead. And uh, he hasn't aged particularly well, which means he looks pretty old as he gets older. Yeah. <laughs> he was so, awesome in Training Day. He was awesome in Training Day. Dude, fucking... What was the play you saw him in? Um, in the World? I saw him in... Um, uh, Fuck, Winter's Tale. Yes, yes, because I, I heard an interview with him when they got back to London. Yeah, in, uh, in, in Sing when I was uh, performing in Singapore, I got to see Ethan Hawke and uh, Russell Be Simon Beale, or Russell Beale? Russell Beale. Yeah. Russell Beale and uh, Rebecca Hall in yeah. a production of, uh, a Sam Mendes directed production of uh, twel uh, Winter's Tale. Yeah, basically the cast took a year off to go do this play all over the world. It's fantastic. Yeah. It that, that, that's, cool. why he, that's why he's cool. It was very cool. Uh, I mean, the play was fucking expensive. Thank God, uh, thank God I didn't have to pay full rates, but fuck, it was not cheap. It was not cheap, but it was a good show. I mean, fuck, Sam Mendes. Yeah, yeah, you know the guy can direct. Um, and Ethan Hawke is a, his character's name is Sergeant Jake Roenick, and uh, he's basically a washout cop. I mean, his character is essentially how his character in Training Day would be if he went the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it starts with a very, very intense, very cool action sequence, which is a um, sort of a prologue where we where you're basically explaining why Ethan Hawke's character gets fucked up uh -huh. um, and it's basically a sting operation that goes horribly wrong and he blames himself gotcha but um, that whole sequence is very very cool the um, the director of the film he's a Frenchman but I don't think we should hold that against him uh, he's uh, Jean-Francois Richet hmm. I'm not too sure what else that he's done but it's a uh, pretty it's really good. I mean, he knows What's how to work. What's the story again? Is it, a, is it a snitch or is it a, a mob boss with that, that having the prison and that to protect or something? Uh, it's both. Uh, it's a mob boss who's a snitch. Uh, essentially, it's like Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is playing Marion Bishop and he's like the, he's the kingpin. The kingpin, He's yeah. essentially the kingpin. And uh, he gets arrested and it's like this whole big score, you know, and he's a cop killer and everything. And uh, Gabriel Byrne is playing Captain Marcus Duvall, who is leading the force, that, leading the, uh, the task force that is... Uh, Chasing this guy. Chasing this guy. So it's a really, really huge deal that they've caught him, and they're going to send him to jail. And uh, at this point, Ethan Hawke has now sort of, he's all washed out, and he's been, and he's uh, running Precinct 13, which is about to be shut down because it's, it's, shitty. it's shitty and archaic. <laughs> and um, in, his, in, his, uh, group of, in his group of men, he's got uh, Drea DiMatteo, who plays uh, uh, Iris. She's like the secretary or something, the receptionist or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and she, she was on Joey. Uh, but she's really good in this. So not a lot of people saw. Not a lot of people. You saw. may not know, but uh, she's really, really good in this. She's got a lot of spunk. Um, Brian Dennehy. Oh really? Yeah. Is uh, Sergeant Jasper O'Shea. Nice. <laughs> and he's the cop who's ready to retire. It's his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Too old for this shit. And um, and Matt Craven is uh, like the cop who comes in and out of the place. And uh, Maria Bello. Oh yeah. Is uh, um, Ethan Hawke's character's uh, psychiatrist and uh, she gets uh, stuck in this. So essentially what happens is that they're taking Lawrence Fishburne away and because it's in the middle of a huge, huge blizzard, they, uh, they can't take him to his uh, final destination, so they gotta stop off for the night at uh, Precinct 13. And so they take them all in there, all the, all the other uh, prisoners in the, um, in the, in the uh, prison bus, which uh, consists of Ja Rule. Nice. <laughs> uh, John Leguizamo. <laughs> 
and uh, and uh, uh, Aisha Hines, a oh. uh, newcomer. She's fucking funny. Because uh, uh, John Leguizamo's character, he plays like a you know, speed freak as usual. As usual. As usual. Same and, role uh, he played in um, fucking Gamer. Yeah, but he's all tweaking out. And uh, this chick, uh, Aisha Hines and Ja Rule, they have this really funny exchange where she goes like, look at him, he's shaking like fucking Mike Tyson out of motherfucking spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, you just get this mental picture in your head of Mike Tyson out of spelling bee and just freaking out. <laughs> Wants to bite the kid's ear off or something. Yeah, yeah, definition. Definition. In the air tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah they all have to spend the night there and then what happens is that suddenly outside there's a whole fucking army of people and it's a, and just they just lay siege to the fucking uh precinct. Any reason why there is but, but you that's you have a, to find it out that ah, is actually. but you have to find it out is it the same in the first one it's just, it was sim similar in the first one i mean it's it's the same thing in the sense that they're both siege movies. Yeah. But the people actually doing the sie the sieging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that is the where, siegers. Yeah. That is where the, the CGs. Yeah. The CGs. The CGs. The CGIs. That's where that's where the stories kind of go in their own direction. Yeah. But what's cool about it is that it's very faithful to just, I mean, it's they're both relentless movies. Yeah. Once these movies get going, it's uh, it's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much a thrill thrill ride. And what's nice about it is that it's it's showy without making it look like the director's showing off. Cool. You know, and uh, when the action does happen, it's it doesn't feel too staged. There's a nice gritty realism to the movie, and the thing about Ethan Hawke is that he's such a serious actor that um, you, you seeing him in this movie. You seeing him in this movie is like he takes it so seriously. You can tell that this guy's fucking done massive method shit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like in the opening sequence, he's like you know he's undercover as a tweaker, yeah, yeah. and he's he's fucking good. You can Sweet. tell you know, and it's uh, and it's a nice sort of role to see him in where he's not playing this this constant thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because he does have that habit of taking roles where he's just fucking thinking all the time and you know like he's, he he's gives like, a thing face. It's like he's like he's like like he's playing Hamlet, you know, or he's or he's like playing like uh, his character in before in the before sunset and sun sunrise movies, yeah, you know, he's it's a like deep guy. Deep guy. He's a deep guy in this too, but he gets to kick some ass and it's nice to see him get to he's kick some ass. He's a deep guy with a gun. Yeah. He's a deep guy with a gun. And Lawrence Fishburne is cool as fuck in this movie. He's yeah. essentially playing Morpheus. Yeah, sweet. Is he big Morpheus or little Morpheus? Big. Big, yeah. Big Morpheus. He's a big man these days. Yeah, he's a pretty big man, but he's badass in this movie. And uh, that's and his character's name, Marion Bishop. Uh, Bishop is pretty much, um, that's like a, an homage to the original character. That was, oh, right. that was the, uh, the hero's name. Um, and one thing, and the uh, the original lay can lay claim to is that one of the first um, movies that where the uh, lead, the hero, the lead actor, was um, an African American. Oh right. And uh, the I mean the original. Really? The, no. Well, yeah, the first, I mean, one of the first. One of the first. I mean, like. Night Living like, Dead was yeah, the big yeah. one. But uh, but uh, talking about the movies that we think are originals being remakes, the original Assault on Precinct Thirteen is a remake of Rio Bravo. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, you don't get sieges these days in places. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, and that's another reason this movie's so cool is that you don't get siege movies, yeah. really these days. I mean, this is cool in that sense. It is a very claustrophobic type of uh, action movie. Well, there was always Star Trek Troopers Two. Star Trek Troopers Two. That's a siege movie. It sucks. But it's a siege movie. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but it's yeah. For for those of you who haven't uh, seen this movie, I I recommend it. I mean, it's it's a cool flick, and you get to see a lot of good actors. Um, it's, having it's, fun. It's, yeah, having fun. It's rare that you get to watch um, like an all-out action film that has actors like these in it. Yeah. I mean, everyone in here is a quality actor. Ethan Hawke, Gabriel Byrne, Lawrence Fishburne, Maria Bello, uh, John Leguizamo, Brian Kennedy. Is Gabriel Kennedy. Byrne a little conflicted? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, because he's been playing yeah, that character yeah, 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 for the last yeah, yeah. 10 years. His character is very conflicted. He's always one of these characters who's like, yeah, he's all smiles and stuff, but underneath there's something on. 
Uh -huh. He's essentially playing Keaton from uh, Usual Suspects. <laughs> it's grand. It works with Every the accent. Everyone, everyone's playing a character they played before. Ethan Hawke is playing Training Day. Lawrence Fishburne is playing Morpheus. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is playing Usual Suspects. Maria Ultimate versus movie. <laughs> uh, Marvel team up. John John Leguizamo is playing Gamer, and every movie for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. Brian Dennehy is playing. Brian Dennehy. Uh, Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Growth. Uh, oh, what was the cowboy movie I watched with him in it? Silver Hado. Silver Hado. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ra and First Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Blood's great. I, I, yeah. And, and, and FX, Murder by Illusion. And don't forget, Presumed Innocent. <laughs> he's just, he's the guy in the ill-fitting suit. He's like, well, you know, we got to get this crime solved. We think it's the bad, we think you're the bad guy. Wasn't he also in Gorky Park? I'm not sure. I think he that. might, I th he was in a lot of movies. He's, he's awesome. I like him. But yeah, it's well worth watching. Yes, I would, I would recommend it. It's a really, really nice sort of Saturday afternoon action flick. Yeah. Just before you go out after this. Yeah, yeah you won't want to stay inside after this movie. You'll want to go out somewhere and have a beer. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so you got two movies. First of all, we go the indie route. I watched Wrist Cutters, a love story. Also known apparently to, according to IMDb, as Pizzeria Kamikaze. <laughs> um, it's written and directed by Goran Dukic, um, who's not done a movie since. It's 2006, uh, based upon an Edgar Cadet short story. But Patrick Fugit, do you remember him yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, Almost Famous? Almost Famous. Very cool guy. I mean, I, and I, I, Spun. Have you seen Spun? I haven't seen Spun yet. No, yeah, that, that, that's that's an awesome movie. I mean, it's uh, it's trippy. It's directed by Jonas Ackland, who directs a lot of. Uh, he directed the Ray of Light video for Madonna, and he directs stuff for Bjork. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good cast. It's uh, Patrick Fugit, John Leguizamo, Tweaker, uh, Mickey Rourke as as uh, as the cook. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Murphy. Um, that's, like a Quentin, that's like a Quentin Tarantino credit speech. You know what I mean? Je as the cook, just you leave it at that. You don't, I don't even know what the movie's fucking about. Je uh, Jason Jason Schwartzman is the, Schwartzman is the lead. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, Spun has the honor of being the first time ever since the Probe of Greenwich Village that Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke have shared the screen together. Really? That's right. And it's awesome. Sweet. Expendables Expendables will be the next. Yeah. Sweet. So it's uh, no, actually it won't. Uh, Mickey Rourke I think only has scenes with Stallone and Statham. Ah. Uh. Jason Statham. Patrick Fuji plays... Where's my fucking strawberry tart? <laughs> he Chicken and broccoli. Chicken and broccoli was the one that got me. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've just killed a fuckload of Asians in a, Asians in a car with a machine gun. Go Chicken watch Go watch Crank 2 High yes. Voltage. That movie is insane. We highly recommend it. Celluloid acid. So uh, he's playing Zia who uh, commits suicide. And uh, it turns out that when you commit suicide, you go to limbo, which is just like America. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the same. He got, like, it, it just it, show, it shows him. You know, it's it's the first opening scene of the movie is where he cuts slits his wrists. You don't know anything. You just introduce him, cleaning up his apartment, then he kills himself. Mm -hmm. And then he's narrating back to say, "Yeah, that was kind of a bad idea. Now I have to work in a pizzeria shop and never to check as a vacuum guy." Because um, it's like everyone who kills themselves ends up in this place, which is just like normal Earth, but no one ever smiles. It's all, it's populated purely by suicides. Really? Yeah, the whole universe is just suicides, and there's no. There's, they do a beautiful job of world building in this, and that it's not. It's it's. You're just like, well, is this a flash? Was this kind of a flash forward, or are we now in the past when we see him making pizza? And he's like, no, he's got the huge fucking scars on his arm, but he didn't survive. And everyone there, like some people look a little bit blue. You you, you retain some of the uh, after effects of the the way you died, and like some people are blue because they put their heads in gas mm -hmm. ovens. <laughs> So it's just, for the first half, it's just weird setting up this thing. You just like, you don't know what happened to him after he died. And they kind of piece it together slowly but surely. Uh, he lives with Jerry, the guy from Eeyore, the big fat dude on the desk to coup from uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. But um, he uh, runs Parker in. Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I'm getting that on DVD. I'm getting that. 
Parker was a scandal. The cube, remember the cube? The no, no, guy, I remember, man. I remember. It's like, I haven't, you know how long it's been since I've heard that set out loud? <laughs> Dude, it's on DVD. I'm getting it. I'm getting the whole fucking thing. Practical Lose, Count Lose is awesome. <laughs> but um, what happens is that uh, he runs into Jake Boosie. Now I want to watch Auto Man. <laughs> <laughs> he runs into Jake Boosie, who's got like nasty scars all over himself because he fucked it up real bad when he killed himself. And they're like, Jake Boosie, awesome. Exactly. And he's like, hey man, you still have that 200 bucks from you know, last life. And he's like, oh shit, you want it now? He's like, yeah, so uh, yeah, Desiree died. And this, the whole thing is like, one of the nice little touches they have throughout it is as he walks through and he meets people and he's talking to them, there'll be a little flashback to how they killed them, how they off themselves, as they say in the lingo in this place. Mm-hmm. They say, how'd you, how'd you off? I was like, oh, you know, did this. And so it cuts back to this the whole time. But um, so you see what happens to him and everything. I think, oh, yeah, there's some really weird ones, like people you wouldn't expect, just like, you know, electrocuting themselves in the hot tub with their game lower. <laughs> Jesus. But he runs into him. He said, yeah, I just taught myself. It's just getting too much radio. Yeah, it's grand. Uh, but you must have, you, you seen Desiree? He's like, what? And this is the girlfriend who I think she was, it's put together later that she was leaving him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was kind of, he hurt. She, they don't even go into that. It's just like she hurt him. Right, and that's why he did it. And uh, a few months afterwards, she commits suicide. So she'll be there, and he's trying to find her. So he hooks up with his mate Eugene, this Russian guy who comes from this really fucked up family where the mother just was ill and you know was too sick to go on and committed suicide. The father couldn't live without her, so three months later he commits suicide. And then the son who was gay just couldn't live with it and he committed suicide. And then the main guy, when he was Eugene himself, was in a rock band and they were getting fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And this goes fuck it, bottle of beer, pours on the guitar and it blows up. Mm-hmm. So they're a family living in limbo and they have to like, the whole family's there. It's not like they have to miss anything like in the real world. But everyone has shitty jobs and nothing works and there's no stars. Right. So he needs to, Eugene has a car, so he needs to borrow Eugene, who's like, this guy's the guy. And they go on a road trip basically. And it's all kind of like Joshua Tree country. Mm-hmm. Basically driving through the desert trying to find her. And then running into Sharon Sussman, mm-hmm. who uh, plays Mikael, who is basically, she's hitchhiking around to find the people in charge because she didn't suicide, she just OD'd. <laughs> and they're like, really? And like, you know, uh, what's it? Patrick Fugit, he has that great role, yeah, he has that, Michael Sarah stole his crown from him, but he has that kind of, you know, awkward kind of conversation thing going on. Patrick Fugit is also in um, uh, The Vampire Chronicles, The Vampire's ass- uh, Assistant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's that, that. He's the friend though, he's not the main guy, is he? No, no, he's not the main guy, he's the, like, the guy that looks like Toad. Yeah, <laughs> he's bright now. So he's, Will Arnett's also in it, which is always good for a watch. I like Will Arnett. So they're basically going cross country, trying to find her, and you know, they do, you know he has a feeling she's nearby. Mm-hmm. She could be anywhere in the world. They don't even show how you get there or how you arrive, you just mm-hmm. arrive. So um, he's going looking for her, and along the way they run into Tom Waits lying in the middle of the road. Any movie with Tom Waits is good. And that's when the point where I was, I was like, nice, it's Tom nice. Waits. And he's just like, oh, hey. And he's like, what are you fucking sleeping in the road for? I was like, oh, my dog. <laughs> I, I love you guys. That. I just want to come with. I, my two favorite Tom Waits performances is fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula and Shortcuts. <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula, just like, he was awesome. The one thing I loved about Domino was when he just turned up in the middle and it turned into Fear and Loathing in the middle of the desert. For no reason. I like Domino, actually. That, I, was, I like that bit. That bit was awesome. It was just like, what the fuck, Tom Waits? Tripping? Shit, man. There were certain parts of Domino that I really liked. I mean, it was... Gives you a headache after a while, but yeah. there's some good filmmaking in there. I mean, there's some real, technically, it's some really interesting stuff. Really nice stuff. So, um, basically, they go on this road trip to find his girlfriend, and uh, along the way, shit happens, and like, it's just, it's a very quirky indie road movie. Mm. 
and like we, miracles happen in limbo apparently but only if you don't care about them and shit like that like so someone fixes the lights in the car which could not be fixed so it's worth checking out it's definitely worth checking out yeah I mean it's again it's really one if you're mildly fucked up or you know just looking for a nice relaxing evening mm-hmm. it's uh, it has that indie thing of just like long scenes of the desert or just you know the car passes in the desert it's nice but um, it's pretty good and Patrick Fugit is he's the, the lead in this he's the lead in this yeah he, he carries it well he carries it well cool yeah. so I would, I would recommend seeing it but again it's a nice relaxed movie anyone any the, I found this but again was recommended by somebody else to me and it's uh, everything I hear about it is that everyone likes it so. I like Patrick Fugit I liked him in Almost Famous I loved Almost Famous that was yeah that was, it was a great movie everyone was just so no well more cast. planes tour everyone was just so well cast yeah Jason Lee. <laughs> okay, so Doctor Manhattan. Moving it, yeah, Doctor Manhattan was in yeah. Billy Crudup. He was unrecognizable in everything he does, pretty much. You yeah. very rarely, it, almost famous is in the beard. What else was he in since between almost famous and Watchmen? He was uh, inventing the Abbots. He was in that. He was uh, fucking uh, trust the man. Uh, he does. A, he does a fair bit. He's in Public Enemies. He's Jack yeah. Hoover in Public Public. Enemies. He does a lot of things, but he, he really is. A going chameleon. Through, he's yeah, aiming he, for that best supporting actor role. He's really going like uh, the whole sort of Daniel Day Lewis type approach, you know, yeah. just like different in every movie, which is cool. Yeah, I, I like that about him. I, I mean, I think he's a really good actor. I mean, like when I when I heard that he was playing Doctor Manhattan, I wasn't convinced, but he sold sold it totally. Yeah. So moving moving tone slightly. Slightly. Um, we'll move on to Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. <laughs> This has an awesome credit sequence. Oh, it's yeah? really modern looking combinations of their logos. Like it's the bat symbol, but really zoomed in. So you just see the head and then the text going around it. It's just, it's really nicely done. Lots, it's very reminiscent of the old Wonder Woman title with the spinning shit, but mm-hmm. like done by an actual designer with taste. <laughs> so that looks kind of cool. But what this is, is this is the, this is the dream team on the voice, act, voice, voice front. It's all the actors who've done the voices previously in the Superman TV show, Batman TV show, the, um, what do you call them? Justice League. It's Kevin Conroy, uh, Tim Daly, and I only realized while watching this to say, "Hey, it's Clancy Brown." I didn't realize Clancy Brown has done Lex Luthor for like twenty years. Clancy Brown has done a lot of voice acting. Oh yeah, I know he's done a lot of voice acting. He's Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> which is just genius. <laughs> the Kurgan is Mr. Krabs. Aha, Mickey! Happy Halloween, ladies. <sighs> Nuns. What is the thing he says? The rock to stop thing at the end? Like, I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> <laughs> but he's playing Lex Luthor and hearing him, like, I realized, like, fuck, because, you know, the credits aren't at the beginning of those other cartoons. He's been Lex Luthor for quite a long time. And he's an awesome Lex Luthor. And this, and it's funny as well, one thing I want to mention about this is it's funny how this thing... We're seeing now what you know people must have seen in the 60s and 70s when the shit that they saw in the comic books that was just like re- reused over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like the Luthor being president of the United States. That's only like what five years ago. More, I think. Is it more than that now? Fuck, we're getting old, man. Getting old, fucking Luther for president. That yeah. was a long time ago. So like re- seeing that and going like, oh, that's fucking stupid. It's like a Spider-Man clown. This will never fly. And now it's referenced in everything. Yeah. So in this uh, Luthor, he's not quite the evil fuck as usual. He's just an egoist. Yeah, he's reformed. He's like, no, I'm saving the planet. Fuck these superheroes, and um, he basically shit happens. He sets up soups, and uh, Superman, and Batman are on the run with a one billion dollar um, thing over them. And there is some very cool. It's, it keeps the Ed McGuinness style art, mm-hmm. so they do look slightly different than they would normally. Amanda Waller, you know, she commands checkmate in most of the yep. DC stuff. She looks fucking weird. They well went way too fat in her face. For those of you who don't know, Ed McGuinness, his uh, his style is. 
kind of manga-ish, yeah. slightly. But it's it's the it's, it's very it's, cartoony. It's not the skinny sort of like uh, slick slender type of um, manga. It's yeah. the big bulky type of manga. Very much so. Uh, and which works very well for uh, Superman and Batman. <laughs> the stories he was doing, and it works very well in this as well. And hearing those voices again coming out of those guys is awesome. And just the action is very well done. You know, there's like first of all, it's Superman meeting up with Luther because there's a huge kryptonite uh, meteor coming. <laughs> As as there always is. Always <laughs> fucking is. I mean, this Those, shit. This shit is more. These, you know, this these, turns up everywhere. These fuck fucking say. kryptonite meteorites. It's like. The fridge. Fridge. The beer's in the fridge, David. The beer's in the fridge, David. <laughs> Bottom drawer. <laughs> it's not the bad cape. Um, but yeah, I mean, they go on the run. There's a huge fucking lump of kryptonite, and uh, you know, Luther starts playing his hand. That, that must really dampen your. That, that must really fuck up your day. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's. Oh, what's going on today? Oh, there's a kryptonite meteorite on its way. Yeah. You know, prob- again, probably take us out. But Cloudy you know. with a chance of kryptonite. <laughs> I hear that movie is very funny. I've heard it's excellent. Uh, one of the reviewers, I I thought it was going to be out before now, so we could review it this week. But we, um, we've segued into Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. meatballs. Yeah, I've heard that it's actually David Lynch for kids. This is the first animated movie that I've been hard up to see in a long time. Yeah, I mean they have. I've heard even this director, one of the reviews I since you said. There's a scene with, for some reason, the character is dressed as a baby and he's being chased by chickens, but like roast chickens. <laughs> and he just said, he was just sitting there going, Lynch would love this. <laughs> and there is that anarchic style. And one of the great things I hear about it is that whatever cast it has, they're not cast because that's who they are. They're cast because their voice fits. All the voice work is supposed to be excellent throughout. Excellent. Yes. I mean, I'll see it just for that bit. Like, why can't you be more like my son, Caleb? So. So. <laughs> it looks great. It looks fucking funny. So, um, that, that fortune cookie, you are about to be chased by a giant, <laughs> giant corn. Yeah, that's genius. <laughs> on the Great Wall of China. I know, it goes nuts. But, um, so they gotta, they gotta go on the run. Chinese get fucked up by corn, man. They're getting hunted down. There's also, they, they take the thing that's been in a lot of uh, DC stuff over there as well, which is, you know, Captain Adam. Yeah. He is actually a captain. Oh. In the military. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they did this in a couple of comics, they've done this in other things where it's like, the Justice League or whoever goes off the you know they're, they're, the government says they're off the rails so as a result he has to fight them and it's a really cool thing in the, the Justice League where Superman has to actually beat the shit out of him even though he doesn't want to and then like when he beats him down he picks him up and gently cry, carries him off and other people come say leave him with us sir and he's like you get your filthy hands off him he's one of us <laughs> so they have that kind of conflictedness again because he's working for the government but everything points to Superman doing something bad so they're chasing after him and there's a bit of a back plot as well and it's a very nice feel to it it does feel a little fluffy mm-hmm. especially near the end where you know they need a rocket some kind of rocket and it just happens to end up looking like a giant Superman Batman melded robot because the kid who designed it was I'm basing on the design when I was 7 I'm 13 now so it's a bit kitsch <laughs> who wrote it? Uh, I don't know but um well let's find out but it does. It, it, it's a good Batman Superman story. It's it actually what it is is it's the greatest it's the greatest love story ever told between two heterosexual men who aren't gay, because it is their friendship that kind of is the core of the movie. Like Lois, it, it, there's a really nice bit near at one point where like you know they talk about Lois and stuff like that. Like Superman, I gotta go. Lois, yeah. All right, see you, Clark. See you, Bruce. You know, little nice moments that these guys are friends, mm-hmm. totally yeah. friends, and they totally get on. And that's more the biggest thing for it, apart from the action. And just seeing these two guys interact and having great little discussions. Like, there's a big fight coming. It's like, I can hear them coming. It's like, you don't have to be here. You can go. I can just fuck off because I'm Batman. And he's like, no, I'll stay. I, want, I wouldn't miss this for the world. And Batman's just like, it's your funeral. And he goes, I already had one. Nice. 
So yeah, I mean, they really sell that. Lois just kind of pops in, which is like, you know, it's again, these, it's, it's, it's you know, it's like Space or a TV show, a sitcom where the two buddies are the main stars and you never see the girlfriend kind of thing. Ah, it's written by Stan Berkowitz and Jeff Loeb. Oh yeah. Ah, hey, Xander Berkeley is Captain Adam. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Fucking Mason 24. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you like if you like any of the other ones, this is good fun. This is a lot of fun. And Luther freaks out, and Luther gets the uh, purple and green power armor, which I always like. <laughs> I don't know. It's what I mean. You're Lex Luther. You go with purple and green. Iron Man is slightly more classic. Oh. Allison Mack is Power Girl. Yes, whose boobs are incredible. Allison Mack uh, plays I can't remember her character, but she's uh, from uh, Smallville. Smallville. Yeah, Chloe. Jo- John C. McGinley as uh, Metallo. Yeah. John C. McGinley, fucking awesome actor. Scrubs. And again, they make Metallo, who's a pretty lame. Metallo's coming back into Smallville as well. He's a pretty lame villain, but they Terminator up, Terminator him up a bit, and it's like, he's a big villain in the movie. Cool. He's like the mid-piece uh, set, midpoint set piece is actually him. Cool. Ro- Robert Patrick as Hawkman. Michael cool. Dorn as Black Manta. He had like one line. Tony Todd as Brimstone. <laughs> Thomas F. Wilson as Catman. Thomas F. Wilson, fucking Biff. Catman. Fucking Biff from uh, from Back to the Future. Catman. Who are you called? Butthead. Butthead. He's hurt. He might have a line go ah. Or ooh. There's very little. There's a little bit of the bad guys in it. But yeah, Power Girl's boobs. I mean, Power Girl has huge boobs. The whole point of Power Girl. But there's a lot of side profiles in this movie where it's just ridiculous. Awesome. It's gone so far. And 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 I know exactly why because it's directed by an Asian, Sam <laughs> Louis. They love their big tits. Big tit blonde girls. <laughs> Oh, all American. Oh, all American go. No power go. All American go. I have big titty. <laughs> window in front. Okay, power go. Don't mess this one up. Fuck you. Linked up tight. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you're into comic books at all, if you like Superman or Batman at all, definitely go see this. Okay, power go. Hold on to your potatoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's out on DVD now. Out on DVD now. Warner Brothers. Here ends the review lesson. So we'll say again, if you made it this far, thank you. And if you want to email in, it's podcast at McYapp and Fries. Uh, corrections, suggestions, all welcome. Podcast at McYappandFries.com. Now we move on to the Malaysia and US box office top 10. At number 10. From Malaysia, number 10, Gamer. Number 9, Accident? Accident? Don't know about this. Mm, no, me neither. Number 8, fuck, it's a local movie. <laughs> Jesus. Number 8, Un uh, Aipol Urvan, I think that's an Indian movie. Is it? Number seven, The Final Destination. Not hearing good things. Number six, A Perfect Getaway, the new David Twoffy movie. Yeah, we had talked about hearing this getting good news and stuff like that, but like, I read one review which said it's atrocious. I, I've, uh, I've had mixed reviews on this. Empire gave it three stars, Total Film gave it... Or is it Empire gave it two, or, or somewhere like, something a, like that. Or yeah. Something like that, it wasn't particularly good. But they said that it's not... David Twoffy, a lot of his movies... For the, for the most part, I find them all pretty watchable. Yeah. You know, I mean, even The Arrival, I didn't mind. Yeah. And, uh, oh, The Arrival? Uh, it was all right. It was all right. That's the one with Sheen. Char- Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like that. And um, he's good at doing low-rent sci-fi. Yeah. You know, like, when the less he has to work with, the better his movies seem to be. Yeah. It's like his most expensive movie is his worst. Yeah. Fucking Chronicles of Riddick. And Pitch Black was an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's working within those limitations. you got to have constraints for real art. And uh, I think... Wasn't he also, like, didn't he write one of those parachuting movies? Was it Drop Zone or Terminal Velocity? I think he might have been responsible for I think, it, well, Char- Charlie Sheen, which Drop Zone was Wesley Snipes. Yeah, it was Wesley and, Snipes. Uh, Drop Zone was Charlie Sheen. Or the other yeah, one? Terminal Velocity Terminal was, Velocity, was Charlie yeah. Sheen. One where he, like, parachutes out of his fucking car, yeah. out of a plane. It's Charlie Sheen, fuck yeah. Uh, number five, Tsunami. Tsunami at Hyundai. Hyundai? 
Number four, where got ghosts? Yeah. Number three, Momok the movie. Uh oh. Number two, Jin Noti. And number, number one, one G4. We gotta go see this. Yeah. We have to just, I mean. Just to see it. Just to see it. Uh, coming up to the US, box office top 10. Uh, number 10, Inglorious Bastards. That's seven, last, number seven last week. Mm? Number nine is nine. <laughs> number eight. How, how <laughs> number, uh, number eight, Jennifer's Body. Getting bad reviews, you're saying? Yep. Number seven, Love Happens. I hear this movie's shit. Number six, Pandora. I, I hear this movie's shit. Vapid as well, yeah. Number five, Terry, Tyler, T Tyler Perry's I Can Do Bad All By Myself. From the makers of Tyler Perry, I Don't Know Who You Are. Number four, The Informant. That's been um, holding up pretty good. Yeah, number three, Fame Is Out. I didn't know it was out, actually. Yeah, Fame Is Out, and it's getting bad reviews, and it didn't open well. Neither did number two, Surrogates. I've heard this is more fun than anything else. I mean, it's Jonathan Mostow, so yeah, it's yeah. more like dumb action than any other kind of shit. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. And I think we were talking before about how I like where... What was the movie I saw where there's like more than one piece of tech? You know, it's like more than they've changed one thing and that one thing only. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was Gamer. That's Gamer. Right? Yeah. Well, actually, there was an interview with Jonathan Mostow where he says, actually, we want to keep it the world the same. It's just this one piece of tech that's different. <laughs> so I'm probably going to hate this. It's like, we don't know. People don't care what car they're driving in the future. It's just all about the technology of the world. The MacGuffin, basically. And at number one, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So two weeks on release, holding in there. Um, I have heard as well that if you don't want to pay the extra, the 3D is not really worth it. It's a great enough movie with 3D, and 3D doesn't add anything. Okay, great. But yeah, I want to see that. Cool. So, as per usual, we're going to be sending you off... As per the new usual. As per the new usual, we're going to be sending you off with a nice piece of audio. I think... Uh, Some bees? Yep. Why don't you explain the first one, and then I'll send them off with uh, how it should have ended. <laughs> Do how it should have ended, because I closed the other one. Okay. But how it should have ended is the longer one. Well, do. Okay. We'll do one. Okay. All right, anyway, we're going to be playing you some, uh, some choice stuff. The first one is uh, the audio of a trailer, an animated trailer for Terminator, how it should have ended. And we're going to follow that up with some very... No, I won't follow up. Okay. All right, so thanks for listening, and enjoy. Good night. Good night, and good luck. we've been able to stop them. It's only a matter of time before the machines figure out they can just go back and kill one of us at infancy. There's only one thing that can be done. We have to terminate the creator of time travel. Dr. Emmett Brown? Yes? <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. But in the future, machines will use that technology to execute just one man? Terminate. Terminate just one man? That is what I'm telling you. Great Scott. Where's your hall pass? Get out of here, you slacker. Oh, this is heavy, Doc. If we're not careful, both of us are gonna be dead. Marty, evil terminating robots or not, before we can accomplish anything, we've got to get your parents to that dance, and we've got to get you back to the future. But how? Now listen to me very carefully. He's got knives on his hands. It's an absolute dream. What are you looking at, butthead?
only hope you have. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> <laughs>